Welcome back to another episode of Inside Voices, a teacher podcast made by teachers for teachers. I'm your host, David. And I'm Laura. And remember, in here, we use our inside voices. So this week, we're going to be talking about our first year teaching and preparing for that. We get a lot of comments online about this. We get a lot of student teachers asking us what it's like, or people that are just generally interested in what it's like. So we're going to talk at length today about how that process goes, what it's like from our perspective, applying for jobs, interviews, all those things we want to get into today. But Laura, what was your first year teaching like? Oh man, I don't I don't think I slept. I don't actually don't think I slept. See when I think of the hours I used to put in. Yep. I used to get to school at half past seven in the morning and stay till half six. Like every single day. What what did she do with the rest of her time? Don't know. But that is that was my part of me is kind of glad I did that because I I do feel like I had a successful first year where I learned a lot. But our also, first year teaching was wild. Yeah, because if you didn't know this about us, our first year teaching finished when COVID started. So in Scotland, you get your probation year, and to pa- yeah. I remember being so stressed about this because this was what Feb. Beauty time yep. when it kind of started to go right this is serious like things were starting to you know come to the but, sort of forefront of the, the discussion and we had to do that was our interview time wasn't uh-huh, it but yeah. we had to do a certain amount of days yeah to pass your probation year and the day the schools shut put us like t- what two days I think a it was day one or two days a, a yeah. one or two days short of it short of that and I remember we had a Facebook page and it's so funny I sometimes go back on this Facebook page and we spoke to each other in it (laughs) in the probationer page but didn't know each other and the replies are hilarious I need to go dig some of these out actually that would be quite funny I need to go back and look for them but ours was like one or two days short I remember freaking out about that being like we're going to need to reset our probation year I do remember thinking this girl's stressy on this Facebook page this girl loves a Facebook post (laughs) she kept posting on the Facebook page and also kept like about contracts like why have we not got our contract through why have we not got our contract blah 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 we were literally like like, she's stressed because we were signing on to a house at that point yeah and I was like, I need something to confirm I have a job. Yeah. <laughs> I need some sort of written c- contract to say you've got a job. <laughs> and I'm like, please, somebody tell me they know. Because yeah. do you remember, we never heard anything. No. So we had done our interviews right before COVID sort of hit and found that we got the job. And like in like two weeks. That, see, when you actually think about it, the time of that was just yeah. so lucky, so perfect. Because, <laughs> sorry, I've got my clothes, <laughs> I've got my shoes off. <laughs> sorry, I just got distracted by the fact he's got his socks out. Well, oh. um, for anyone that's just listening, I'm wearing my sliders today. And... So croc sliders, I'll just add a bit of context. Can we just describe them a little bit? Yeah, croc go for sliders, it. camouflage green and black and brown with paint drips down them. And someone suggested he should get Shrek gibbets, gibbets, whatever they're gibbets. called. Gibbets. Gibbets, gibbets. They're not the prettiest things in the world, but they're very, very comfortable, but you just can't cross your legs with them on. Um, but yeah, so uh, we got really, really fortunate with that, to be honest, because very. when we applied for jobs, COVID was a thing, but it wasn't like lockdown or anything. It was kind of No, but you'd, you'd been hearing news. about it. Yeah, you'd been hearing about it on the news yeah. since like the, what, December? The timing of that was good because um, we did the interviews they were out of the way. We got our jobs confirmed. Like, we got the phone yeah. call. They were quite quick with that, to be fair. Yeah, but that was more stressful. It was waiting for a phone call. And it was awful. at the time, my name was Sinclair, so you last in the alphabet. Like, yeah, and we're there was people the in my end. school getting the phone call and getting jobs. And, and I was just yeah, like, I was waiting. Mine? I'm like, <sighs> yep. and everyone's posting the Facebook page. Got my call, got my call. I'm like, yep. good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything. Yeah, we can talk about, like, the job Process. Yeah, we're going to speak about interviews. Yeah, we'll talk about all that and our tips and tricks for anyone that wants them, if you're interested. Um, but that was a stressful time. But uh, So our first year wasn't the normal first year teaching. No. So we've got like six months experience of a first year and then like six months of just like it was, lockdown and online learning. It was you know, so strange learning. when we came back because it probably wasn't until the year that we taught together, which was what, two years ago now? Even if that, I would say that's probably pushing it that I feel like I experienced a normal school year. That was our because third year Because the year after year. COVID, we had to take everything off the walls. We had to have rows. You weren't allowed. Do you remember we, we had, had to, like, I had we tape. Had a Christmas lockdown. I had tape around my desk, like, don't come any closer. Yep. And I sat at my desk. Yep. And we were thinking of ways to give feedback without we being close the to them. Like, yep. they were airdropping me pictures of their work so I could give them feedback because we weren't allowed to touch their jotters. We had to quarantine work before we could mark it. Yep. And then quarantine it before we could give it back. Mm-hmm. 
It was awful. Which, to be fair, there's sometimes questionable substances on jotters. So <laughs> green. I might start doing that again. <laughs> I might do that now. Yeah. But it was. It, it wasn't a normal yeah. year. And then, so the second year of our teaching, we had the the winter lockdown, which was even worse. Yep. Not for me because I didn't have a class at that point. So I came in. I was just doing. Yeah, but teaching everyone was support. just done with it at that point. Yeah, we're totally done. But like the I online came in and side. did the hub for the six yeah. weeks or whatever it was so I was in school every day yep. because I didn't have a class I just volunteered and was like I need to get out of this I house I need to do something I need to feel normal I need to have that separation of work and home Yeah. so for me it wasn't as bad as like I can't imagine if I sat home on teams all day and what that was like you wouldn't know when to shut off that was the difficult exactly. part you would be like so oh. I went in 9 to 3 and I you know, I didn't really have any marking in because everyone was getting things marked and it was actually a really nice time because I had children from primary 3 to primary 7 I actually really enjoyed it. You we got did to a know lot them a little more bit. outside stuff. We we got to know each other a little bit more. We did our all our learning before lunch. Yeah, that's kind of when we got to know each other properly. I would say as well. Yeah. Because I came in and helped towards the end. Oh yes, we did for, all that, for yeah. a, oh, Thanks. I'm like that's yeah. when um, we became friends. He's like, I forgot you were there. <laughs> I forgot you did that. <laughs> <laughs> were you there? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so it was. It had a good good point since a bad point. So our first proper full year of teaching was our third year. Yeah. Out since university which is quite strange and not the norm um but yeah we still had that kind of build up to a first year teaching yeah. so we can still talk to it um from that kind of experience so you were telling me earlier that you want to tell me about your first oh. ever lesson <laughs> because it's quite a big thing just to kind of build it up a little bit like you leave uni and you've yeah. done your placements and everything you did the one year i did the four years yeah you've done your placements you've done your 12 weeks your 16 weeks whatever it is and you think you've kind of got it but nothing really prepares you for no. walking in and it's it's your class no one's there there's not another teacher to. you don't know any of them you don't know any of the families you know like you really know nothing and it's like okay blank yeah. slate what do you do i mean i had done my traditional getting to know you lesson because that's something you do on placements i was like right okay cool that's fine yep. know what i'm doing with that but then the hardest part, I think, about having your own class is to go, what do I teach? That sounds really ridiculous right now, looking at it as a teacher. But I can guarantee you, you're probably, if you're going to your first year as teaching, you're probably thinking, how do I know what to teach? Yeah. And that sounds like, I felt like it was, a, at the time, I felt that's a silly question to ask because I yeah. should just know. But actually, how do you know? When do I start with curriculum? When do I move on from a maths topic? I remember I spent so long on division and I was like, can I, can I stop this now? And my mentor was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, can I just stop teaching this? Like, how long do I need to go on for? Yeah. She was like, no, 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 you just stop when you think they've got it. They've covered all the points they need to and you've done an assessment. Like, that's when you can move on. Yeah. It'll be different with every class, different pace. But I didn't know that at the time because I didn't ask because I felt it was a silly question. Yeah. So my first, like, proper <laughs> lesson, right? No, I'm quite excited about <laughs> I this. I thought, right, first week, I need to do curriculum. I need to do something that's really good learning. In the first week? But still fun. You probably had, like, three days back. So. <laughs> oh, no. Your first ever lesson. This was some sort of, like, you had to design a, like, <laughs> net zero town or something. And it was to do with trees. <laughs> <laughs> It was clearly to take. I got it off this really great website. I was like, this will be amazing. I'm not going to name them in case anyone ever <laughs> listens. But I thought this will be great because, you know, and I thought this is a fantastic first thing to do in the first week. They'd all look at me like, why are you talking to us about what trees do and how they clean the air and why we need to recycle <laughs> when I've truly been in your class for six hours? Like, who is this lady? And you, I thought on we your could... first day of teaching, you had them <laughs> cleaning up the environment. I thought that we had to do curriculum <laughs> straight unreal. away and I never asked anybody. So I just powered on with this thing that's clearly supposed to be like a topic. Yeah. It's obviously supposed to take a long time and I'm like, we can do this in an hour and then we'll do maths and then we'll do writing and then we'll do... Bizar wow. I don't know why I decided to do that. Honestly, the children... Like, how nice must they have been to just be like, uh-huh. Okay. Whatever you <laughs> say. Zero trees. And I'm like, you know, banging on about trees in front of them. Man. They must be like, this lady is something. Can you imagine they went Parker. home. What did you do on your first day of school? Oh, we, we designed uh, an eco-friendly village with lots of trees. Mm. Sorry? <laughs> do you what? know, I actually don't remember what my first lesson I bet it wasn't about was. trees. No, and I think it's probably good that I don't remember it because it probably means it was literally just like a getting to know you or something oh. or like a word search or something. Yeah. I, I was speaking I've been speaking to a couple of students, uh, teaching students and things and one thing that they say is 
obviously every school that you go to does forward planning differently. Mm -hmm. So if you even learn about it as a student, which not you don't often do, like not every teacher is going to sit you down and be like, okay, here's my yeah. four month plan or whatever. Um, so that was a big one for me when I first started. Like how far in advance you need to plan for? Yeah. And, and I think if I could go back and tell myself something, I'd be like, listen, in the first couple of weeks, chill out. No one's done their forward plan. Like, yeah, you don't need no to have No one it done. has done that. You don't need to have that done in the first week back. Mm -hmm. Your mentor will sit you down and walk you through it as long as you've got like a, a couple of days of activities of getting to know you stuff, classroom mm -hmm. ethos stuff, like team building games. It can drag out. I wouldn't do it more than a couple of days, but like you don't need to have your whole semester planned. Yeah, you know, your whole term. Okay, you're he's semester. going American. I don't know why I said semester. semester. <laughs> Can I say one word? Fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know why you need that in the first week. So I like stressed about that, but really yeah. my mentor sat me down and was like, no, chill out, I'm going to walk you through this. Like, yeah. And I'll show you how to do it all. It was all paper-based back yeah. then as well. well so said, every like, school will do that differently. And every so school does it differently. 100%. Different ways. But no, yeah. you don't. I always get asked that question, how do teachers... I remember I posted a day in the life or something. I said, oh, I got my planning done in half an hour this week. Go me. And someone's like, how do you plan for a month and half an hour? And I was like, whoa, I do not yeah, plan. You also have to be responsive. So there's one thing to remember about planning is your planning needs to be responsive to what you're teaching. Mm -hmm. So you don't know, you know, there's been many occasions where I thought, yeah, yeah, even just for the week, I could plan the maths for the Friday and say, yeah, they'll definitely be at that point in the topic by Friday. Yeah, they'll by totally the Wednesday, get it. you know that's not happening yet. And either by, yeah, like by the Wednesday, it's like, whoa, 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 we need to recap on some basics where there's maybe like a gap in the knowledge, like a general gap that we need to you just read. You gap's so funny there. I don't, I don't know why I like popped there but <laughs> if there's a like gap. a gap somewhere in the knowledge that you need to go back in or like a misconception uh -huh. or something or it could go the other way and they get it like that there's sometimes a concept I think this is going to be really tricky really challenging get it like that can I and be I really go, honest oh, with okay. you right that's like my worst fear in teaching <laughs> when they like nail it and rush through it and you're like oh Oh, I no. don't have anything up but my sleeve yeah. to keep them going. But that's why the, like, the numeracy challenge corner is good. You know, like yeah. the, the QR code, because it's just, I always just say, go and work on something that you think. Great tip. I've got to practice. So I have, I think I've got a video of it somewhere on my TikTok, but a thing link. And it's really time consuming to make at the start. But once you have it yeah. made, it's something you can take with you. Because a lot of the games and things, like you can just go in and change the link. So I had one for primary seven. I kept that same sort of foundation, but I went in and just changed some of the links. So thing link is like an interactive dashboard and you can make the background whatever you want. So I just made a background on Canva and I split it into number, money, measure and shape. Yeah. Just that's the way it made sense to me. The first time I had it, I kind of built it up as we went through the topics because I wasn't going to sit and spend hours building no, the whole curriculum. Not. I just used it as we went. And on there, there's links to like, um, I think it's called Maths is Fun or Math is Fun. And it explains like every mathematical concept really, really yeah. well. That website's great. Or going on to like Corbett Maths is really good. Corbett Maths Primary has videos and then it has question papers. It has assessments, math spot, and then links to like games, links to BBC Bite Size videos, like yeah. tons of things on there so that if they finish and I go right I don't know what to do it's also really great for SNSAs if you're in an SNSA year um, so SNSAs are our standardised testing at the end of the year whenever your school does them and I'll say you know for a week or so well probably just a week of numeracy one of the stations will be go scan the QR code and pick something you need to work on so if yep. you think right I can't remember about place value watch the video play some games refresh your memory and it also just opens up that personalised learning of Go and choose something that you need to focus on as a skill, yeah. not something you're good at. And I emphasize that. There's I'm like, don't pick something that you're really, really good at because you don't need yeah. to get better at something that you're really good at right now. You can just improve on something that's not as much of a strength. Yeah. That's but a good yeah. tip, actually, for new teachers. Like, have a bank. Like, obviously, when I started, a lot of mine weren't digital. When I kind of came to your school and met you, you'd basically do everything digital. So I was like, all right, okay, I need to kind of... Really taking that digital champion yeah, <laughs> seriously. seriously. So I had like, I spent hours laminating and cutting out mm -hmm. cards. I still have them to this day. So I've got a, I don't have a digital one, but I've got a basket up the back of my class yeah. with maths challenge cards, with reading challenge cards, with um, maths riddles and things like that. And you can literally just download them off the internet. And if you've got a bank of them, then if children finish their work, 
quickly or if you want them for a station some you just grab yeah and like it's, it's funny you're saying that about me though about all this digital stuff because when i started teaching with you i was like whoa this guy's organized he's got a ton of resources that he can just take <laughs> out and i'm like your gal has not got any of that just get to the laminator doll off you go yeah. but that that was time consuming in my first year. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. But once you have it, you've got it. There. Once you got it, it's yeah. like that was four or five I think years that's ago. Like one thing that's really time consuming about your first year is you're starting from scratch. Yep. You know, you also don't really know what works in your classroom until you try it. Yeah. So you don't know that how does the toilet system work? Like, are you getting interrupted all the time? Can you change it? You don't know what's going to work, and mm-hmm. you don't have that experience of relying on you know, this worked last year or this worked the year before. Exactly, You've got yeah. to kind of think of all those things. And also the, the confidence in your own abilities to say, yep. time to move on from this topic, time to plan responsively. If you're someone who's sitting there and planning three weeks ahead and just powering through it because you think this is what I need to do, yeah. your children might not be getting the best learning from you because they could still be really, really stuck yep. on formal division, but you've moved them on because that's what your plan said. Remember, it's not like that. I mean, sometimes I do go back in my old forward plans and look at, right, this time last year I had done X, Y, Z. But then you also have to think, okay, holidays fall at different times. There's sometimes days off. You might not have been in that day. Like you have to think of the class are different. The topics are different. Our planners are different this year. All of these different things that you don't have to rely on in your first year. So I think you become very, I need someone to tell me what I need to do. But your first year is basically data collection, isn't it? You're t- yeah. collecting all these data points on your your own teaching ability. You're collecting data like in your mind of like yep. things that work, things that don't work, things you're strong at, things you need to work on. You're getting a lot of feedback from the children, from the parents, from management, from yeah. your mentor, from the courses you go it's, on. You get it's so quite many observations. Over, it's your observations, like it can be, and all the reflections you've got to do, all that stuff yep. is quite overwhelming if you don't stay on top of it. But we can come to that as well. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, like, do you remember something that you feel you did really well on your first, we call it our probation year in Scotland, and your first year, your NQT year, and something that you did not do so well at? <laughs> I Apart from teaching them you about know, eco trees. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I am a people pleaser. Right? This was shock. This was my strength but also my downfall so I think it was my strength because I used that to push myself to be okay I like to be really good at everything I do <laughs> like I don't like to be mediocre at things I like to be the best at things really so you know not to toot my own horn but um when's that gonna kick in my, the podcast and- oh well <laughs> I get my intros in one don't I <laughs> there's evidence to back this up so don't start my uh, my profile was used as an example the following year of how to write a profile. Actually, it could have been a I bad example. I thought you were such a teacher's pet yeah. with that. When I saw yeah. it was yours, I was it like, of course It could have been a bad example, actually. They could have been like, this is what not to do. I don't know because I wasn't there. But For I anyone like, that doesn't know, like the probation, what, the the head of the probationers? Yeah, the person who was just supporting us, I guess. Was like, yeah. Laura, can we can have we your profile? Because you yours is amazing. But you know, like, that's, but I was doing that because I'm like, I want to be the best at everything. I have to be like... Yeah really good at all of this but also it was then my downfall because I really lacked confidence in making a decision and being like this is the right decision to make so that would probably apply to students and also any other people I was interacting with professionally so you know everyone in that wider school community I was very much a people pleaser Mm. and my first instinct if someone said oh you know um a student came up to me and I had to get them into trouble for like not doing their homework you know they'd say I'd, I'd be too concerned with being like, oh, but I don't want them to then not like me or think I'm being too strict or think I want to be this happy person that they like. And that. so in that sense, it was a, a downfall, but also a strength. And so I think you were trying to be the kid's best friend at times as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think I would make a decision. And if it if someone challenged that decision, which you get, because teaching is such a open subject, it's, you know, a subject, it's a, such an open profession. That open forum, yeah. Y- what I see as good won't be the same as what other people see as good. Even if someone wasn't challenging me negatively, they were just challenging me to see my thinking, I would just back then go, oh, sorry, 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 like, I'll fix it. And then they'd be like, no, I'm not asking you to fix it. I'm genuinely curious about why you're doing that because mm-hmm. maybe they want to do it themselves or okay. they just want to see the kind of thinking behind something. But my instinct was just, oh, sorry. Yeah. You know, and to just back down on that. So I think the confidence levels in terms of me, because you've, you've not made your own decisions before. I know. You know, you do, I guess, to a certain extent as a student, but you don't really because your teacher has, you don't have that autonomy until Mm -hmm. you are on your own. 
Yeah, that's interesting. You've mentioned a couple of times your mentor, so it might be good to like discuss what the system is. Yeah, in Scotland. So, um, we get asked this quite a lot actually online um, because the Scottish system is sorry, quite different. Yeah, my words there. The Scottish system is quite different from the rest of the UK. So in Scotland, we get a, a first year given to us. Um, a job, a paid salary, you know. But you have to pick your authorities. So this is one thing that really gets people. They pick their authorities in December. Yep. And you pick any five local councils. I say local, but actually, especially where we are, some of the councils are big yep. areas. Yeah. So we had to, I remember when we were picking my councils, I sat with like a map of Scotland out with all the boundaries of all the councils. And I was like, well, this might be, I think it was like one of the airshares, this might be the closest, but actually it's not a good one to pick because I could be on an island and exactly. I don't want to move away. Yeah. If you don't want to move, it doesn't matter as much, but you know, we ended yep. up picking one that actually wasn't the closest, but even if I was at the furthest away point, I'd have less to tra- travel, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, so in your last year of uh, university, you put down which um, ones you want, and so you get a year given yep. to you, which is not the, the case. I've got friends in Northern Ireland and England who are teachers who then, once they leave university, just start applying for jobs. They apply for ECT years, don't they? Is that what it's called? Yes, yeah, but it's teaching? just a job. Like it is, it's not like the same as us in terms of the support and stuff. So in, in your probation year, your NQT or your newly qualified teacher year in Scotland, you get... You do you do four years four years you do four, <laughs> four days probation years yeah you do four days of uh, teaching and then one day out yeah which is a great support because then on that day you tend to go to like courses yeah. and ours was a Friday which was delightful it was unreal like Starbucks in the morning just toddle off to your course and then you could go back to school in the afternoon do all your planning yeah. all that stuff loved that um, and then. On top of that, you get given a mentor within your school. Mm-hmm. So uh, a senior member of staff or a more experienced teacher will mentor you throughout the year. It tends to be, this isn't official, but it tends to be by the by the final term, you get that kind of day taken off you and you go full time, yeah. you do the five days. That's yep. not official. You can push back on that, but no one really does. So you I get think by that four. point, you're kind of ready for it though. Yeah, you're kind of like, at that point, the courses wind down and you feel more confident yeah. in your abilities. Like, Although we never got to that point because COVID. No, actually, you're we right. We never got to actually do that. Yeah. Um, and then at around about the January, February mark is when you start applying for jobs, which is also different across the country. Mm-hmm. So the way we apply for jobs is not the way that everyone does no. across the country. So in the council that we work in, we apply to the council and they can place us in any school. Yep. When you apply in different councils, it just depends on the place that you work. You might have to apply to the school. To a specific directly. I mean, we can apply to a school in our authority, but they don't tend to come up to like May, kind of June exactly, yeah. time. So it's a bit of a risk. So um, we got contracts that were called permanent supplies. So they could literally have plopped us in a school and two weeks later taken us out and moved us to another school yeah. if they wanted to without hesitation. Um, it meant you had a permanent contract, which we were quite grateful for obviously yeah. I'm very grateful for but it was still a bit uncertain because you could just kind of get moved from pillar to yeah. post whenever which was a wee bit it made me a wee bit uneasy but it kind anyway, of happened to out. you after your probation year because obviously you did move yeah, so I, d- my, I didn't so it's a little bit different yeah but. after my probation I got placed in a school and it was I was very lucky I got the school that I'm in just now and it's been amazing but um for a lot of people they've been kind of moved from pillar to post and just where staffing is needed. Yeah, that's not this. That's not the case across the country. So across the country, you can apply to jobs mm-hmm. individually to different schools. Yeah, and I think so. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's the case anyway. I mean, you can obviously, like I said, still do that here, but it tends to be a sort of general pool of interviews where yep. you know maybe all the probationers would be there, but you'd also have maybe probationers from the year before. Yeah, um, people who are on the kind of supply list and things like that. Anyone tends to be able to. Uh, Yep. I know that different authorities have done it differently and the last few years interview systems have definitely worked differently because there's been some years where they've not done that at all. Um, I think last year is the first year they kind of went back to it but obviously with COVID yeah. so much so much changed that the interview system sort of did as well um, but it's one of those things that said this time of year January, February it seems a bit wild that yep. you're looking towards interviews for something that's potentially going to be your job in August but it's what is interview time what is your like interview tip how did you 
get through your interview. So the best tip I got for my interview was definitely Scottish. I would say Scottish related. Scottish. Scottish. You said that's for Scottish. <laughs> Scottish. <laughs> Scottish. Very much with a focus on the Scottish curriculum because we have the GCS standards and the general, my, wait, I'm get this one the general it should be a fun game like guess general the teaching council of Scotland I know that one general general teaching <laughs> general, council general teaching council for Scotland yeah but or of Scotland for Scotland I'm not sure but my mentor said to me you know I was freaking out because I was like they can ask you so many questions how do you know what you want to say and she was like, calm down for a little minute because all they can ask you is a question that relates to the GTCS standards. Yeah. So if you were to go into a normal job interview, a non-teaching job interview, they literally can ask you anything about, yeah. you know, all a whole range of things. Obviously, that would mainly be related to the job, but they're also asking you interview questions to kind of judge your character and what you're going to be like in a, an employment yeah. sort of situation. So that flipped everything for me because... I then just went home, she looked went at the standards, the standards, and I looked at what each standard was trying to encompass. So you're all, you're obviously always going to get the professional skills and abilities one. So I kind of prepped an answer to that. I knew I had it down. Then I went through the standards and I looked at what they were asking. So you've got your professional um, skills qualities, and qualities yeah. which is where that question comes in, like trust and respect, all of that. You've got your curriculum and your pedagogy, mm -hmm. which is always going to be a question looking at like kind of differentiation and yep. all those things. Then you've got, I can't remember what the standard is now, but it's about like management and behavior. Then you've got your sort of assessment and then you've got your own sort of CLPL. So that yeah. very, very generally is the breakdown of the... And pretty much in Scotland, you're always going to get of asked... Of the standards. And, you're always going to get asked something about how you could lower the attainment gap. Yeah. Or reduce, I mean, reduce the attainment gap. When you boil it down to, this, to that and the standards of what you can be asked, I kind of had a model moulded answer for each standard yep. that I could pull one bit into to kind of relate to the specific question they were asking me. Okay, that's So we got asked, was it four questions? Yeah, four. So professional minutes, skills 20, and abilities. Yeah, professional skills and abilities. I had an answer to that one and I kind of, I knew what I wanted to say for that. Yeah, because you're always going to get asked that question. What skills and qualities do you bring yeah. to the job? And you're like, boom, 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 but boom. But also you have to be careful you balance out with skills and yeah. qualities because they're not the same not thing. The same thing. So you need to really think, I think I picked one skill and two qualities. Right, okay. Because um, I could kind of branch out. But the skills, I feel like the skills I could give more evidence whereas the qualities, I'm like, it's just who I am as a person, <sighs> yeah, you know? Yeah, I'm going to talk about what you just said in a minute. Um, keep going. But then I looked at curriculum and I had a kind of first statement, first sentence that then I could go anywhere with, but I knew the kind of the bones of the structure and I was just adding the meat as they asked me the question. So my first question was um, about classroom management how and can how... I remember that? Because I, I can remember because I answered the sec the third question and the second question. Right. So the first one was about management and organising a classroom um, well to support the learners and myself. Okay. And I knew, right, I've got a, an answer for, for management and organisation of classroom. I've got an answer prepared. All I need to do is pull in all the evidence of how I related to that specific question. Yep. Did that and I had a composite at the time. So I'd kind of said, you know, with having a composite, it makes it quite um, straightforward to sort of do my planning for the different groups because I've got less children who also, with it being a composite, I know sixes are doing a certain thing, fives are doing a certain thing. Like, you know, standard answer, I was able to pull it in. And then in the next question, they asked about differentiation. Okay. And again, I had that bulk of a, the bones of an answer that I just needed to then, boop, 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 boop. Yep. There's my evidence of how I differentiate. But I knew they were going to ask me something about my teaching ability and delivering a lesson. So I had a statement of how do you deliver a lesson or how do you deliver curriculum or how do you plan for it? Something like that. Planning to meet learners' needs, that was it. <laughs> That's freaky that you I can know. remember. I cannot I'm remember a single question. I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but I can remember <laughs> this. <laughs> but planning for meeting learners' needs. And I knew I had the bones of an answer for that and I just needed to again yep. fill in the gaps basically and they said well you've kind of answered this one already because I'd sort of given uh -huh. evidence in it in the previous question so then I just again filled out bulked out the answer yep. a little bit that really helped me because I knew going in there they can only ask me about the standards and no matter what part of the standards they ask me yep. even if it's an obscure question I have the foundations of an answer for every single thing I just need to then relate it more specifically to what part they're asking yeah. and you can my mentor also said she went you know you can take a notebook in and you can say I'm just I'm if can you just give me a, a little minute I'm just gonna think about that that question or say can you repeat the question mm -hmm. so that you can be totally sure so she was like it's a good idea to say 
um, can you just repeat that question again so that you know you don't go off on like a tangent yeah. because sometimes if you are that prepared you could have an answer in your head and then forget to fill in the gaps and you just give the kind of bones yeah. answer you don't yeah. give the sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. specifics that they're looking for it's so really that helps interesting. that's kind of a different approach than I took <laughs> I'd love to know what your approach was so I think it was similar in that like it was all based on the standards yeah. obviously so obviously kind of went and not memorised them but you know read up on them and I then took what you what you were saying and like took six or seven questions and prepared for those questions yep. and then was able to like adapt them if it wasn't the same wording I just kind of adapted it and picked mm -hmm. different bits two pieces of advice I got one from my mentor and one actually from my mum so mentor advice was really good it was about structuring your answers for evidence like what evidence do you give to your answers and she said okay and this was kind of an application as well when yeah. we're doing application this is really good for application if you don't know how to structure your application you give evidence from wider school you bring it back in to evidence from school life yeah. and then you give like even smaller classroom and if you've got space you give like a personal yeah. life one that's like rare you don't like no one cares that you did the Duke of Edinburgh in fourth year like at this your point your high schools are lying to you at this point we're done with that like we're, we're letting the Duke of Edinburgh go like we're not mentioning it in our application <laughs> no um so yeah, you, that's a really, it's like a big triangle, like a big Dorito. She was like, you just, you want to go really wide at the start, bring it in, that's an interesting bring it down one, yeah. until it's right in your classroom. Specific. What have you done in your classroom? Um, so that was really helpful for application, but also just in my head, three things, you always want to do things in lists of three, but like, okay, here's my three points that I'm going to give you in my evidence. Did this in the wider school community, did this, sorry, did this out with school, wider school community, did this in school and then I did this in my class and yep. that's it. Or I did this with a specific learner. Yep. You just narrow it right down. And also thinking about the impact. I think that's I was something... Just about to say yeah. that. that was my second part. I, you just oh, stole sorry. it. Okay, no problem. On you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm actually going to give it because that's quite a good point. The, <laughs> the second thing is for an interview, um, it's really important that when you're asked a question, you answer it, obviously. You tell them what you've done. You secondly give them... But, sorry, not what you've done, but you tell them like an answer to the question. So say like what skills and mm -hmm. qualities you would say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm organised, you know, I've got good people skills or whatever. I can't even think of it off the top of my head, but you know what I mean. And then you give evidence to that. And then, is there another fly? No. So you're just like looking up at the sky. And then, so you give evidence to that. So you back it up, but you have to give impact. Yep. So how does that impact? So say your evidence is, okay, I am really good at differentiating and I differentiated, here's the evidence for it, I managed to differentiate between three groups in my classroom with mm -hmm. learners that were in first level and learners that were in third level. Yep. This is a really broad example. Differentiated, differentiated in that way. What was the impact of that? The impact of it was I mm -hmm. raised attainment in my class through that differentiation. And, and I, I know this, Batty. And I can show you that by the data that I received yep. from... Some dog or the data received from yep. assessments. And your and impact you just, could be your personal impact, like you could, how it mm -hmm. helped your confidence grow or how it yep. helped to structure something in your classroom. It doesn't always yep. need to be data driven. It can but be. If you're not mentioning impact, you're missing yeah. the point. It's kind of like an empty. It's an empty answer. Empty statement. Because yeah. they can be like, so what? I remember. So that, how do I know you've done that? Yeah. yeah. I how do you know we it's worked? I driving worked? somewhere once and. Like leading up to the interview, my mum would just like ask me questions and I would just drive everywhere with her and like she would just ask me the questions. I would practice them with her in the car. And you can do that with someone or you can just get someone. I really just, want to put you on the spot and ask you a question. Don't right even bother because I would be absolutely terrible. I think we should like say how we would answer a, no the way. skills and abilities question. <laughs> Are you That's joking? The, the skills and abilities question is one you always get. Yeah, but I can answer How it would now. you answer it? I can't. I, Surely you could. No, I would need to sit and think about it because I would give an absolute. <laughs> You've waffle. got five minutes. <laughs> I can't waffle, um, but she would always ans ask me the question. I would answer it, but I remember her the first time we did it. She, I didn't have any impact in my answers, and she just like after I'd spoken for like five minutes, and she was like, "So what?" Yeah, and I was like, "Ah." Uh. Do you know we did, or we? If you didn't know, we went on a course last year, a kind of leading into principal teaching, that kind of course. Um, and at the end of it, they offered mock interviews and I went for the mock interview. I didn't. For someone who's usually very prepared, I wasn't as prepared as I should have been. And I put zero impact in every question. And I knew I'd done it. Do you know the way where you're like, you're at the end of it, I sat there and I'm like, that? I've literally 
Did you not also think it was like a 15 minute interview? And it was like half an hour? Yeah, I thought it was 15 minutes and it was half an hour. So I was speaking quickly and then they were like, you've still got 15 minutes left. And I'm like, oh, let me tell you about Taylor Swift. Um, the, the people who did it were absolutely lovely. Like they were, they took so much time with me to go over mm-hmm. how to improve, but I had pretty much no impact in yeah. mine. And I also then went to, like, I have done X, Y, Z. And then they were like, but why did you do that? How did you get to that point? You've said you've done this, you know, like I spoke about the Digital Schools Award. That's one of the things I spoke about and how, like kind of my role in that and how yeah. we got towards that. And they were like, so you said you had helped to achieve the Digital Schools Award, but what did you do? Like, how did you get to that point? I mm. forgot all of the background of how I helped guide us towards that and then how that's impacted the school. So I literally was like, so, and it was a question about um, yeah. distributed leadership. And that's what I went with, obviously. Right. And then forgot to say all the things I did to get the award and then all of the things. And then I sat there and I could have spoken so for so long about the kind of evaluation when someone came out to see us, I could have spoken about all the things we did, all yeah, of totally. the CPD we ran, all of the extras we went to, like the digital leaders, all of that stuff that I just forgot. Yeah. But I think that was because I didn't have it written down. Like yeah. my thing is really, I studied for that interview. Oh, 100%. Like it, it became my life for like a couple of weeks. Just, yeah. you've got to kind of view it as, okay, this is work mm-hmm. and I'm going to put the extra hours in and the more hours you put in, the more prepared you are. Definitely. Uh, the better you can answer questions if you get a disappointing result from an interview, which is highly likely at the moment, the way that yeah. the job market is, it's not fun. It's not easy to get a job at the moment. No. In fact, it's... Certainly in the central inc- belt, the kind of more populated areas. Di- yeah, incredibly different. Um, not different, difficult to get a job. I mean, it was difficult when we came out, but I think it's even worse. Yeah. Um, now, it's quite easy to get disheartened about that. Do you have any advice for anyone in that situation? I don't know if like, we can even speak to that because... I know, I do feel like sometimes... <sighs> Part of me thinks, you know, it's something we're asked all the time. And I also don't want to do people a disservice because people are asking us yeah. to give our opinions on it and give our views on it. But I also do feel like I... I recognise the privilege that we have. Yeah. Completely. And... I do think a lot of it is, although preparation, all of that, a lot of it is right place, right time. For Yeah, and we said that earlier. Which yeah. is out of our hands. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a very difficult situation at the minute, but I, it's not something I want to just brush under the carpet because, you know, we have got a voice on this platform that I do feel we should be yeah. using to talk about these things because it's a very prominent issue in education right yeah, now. it's awful. The job market assists... The job market, especially in the Central Belt, is extremely, extremely challenging at the minute. Uh You know, I've mentioned this before. I've got a friend who I did my um, teacher training with who then went on mat leave and went off and had her baby when I was in my probation year. And then she did her probation year the year after. And the job market and difference in that year year is unbelievable. There wasn't interviews. Now, she she was fortunate that the... A year after her probation, she kind of got taken back to the school she was in on supply. I managed to stick there for quite a while and was in there for a bit. Um, but now she's had to go and do something else because there was just nothing. Well, there was nothing the, out there. The and she had like, two young children that she needs to provide for. 100%. And that was the decision she had to make. And she is an incredible teacher. So I think if you're sitting in that situation, don't let it convince you that it's because of your skills and your abilities because yeah. it is not... That's easier said than done. It's definitely easier said than done, but, and you can beat yourself up about it, mm-hmm. I would imagine, absolutely. This is an, a kind of wider issue that, like I said, we have a voice on this platform and I do think yep. this is the kind of thing we need to be saying. Yeah. Not that anyone sitting in government going to listen to us and go, all right, we'll solve that problem. <laughs> but do you know if one person, if two people can raise a bit of awareness of it, we always yeah. hear, and I think the public always hear, Oh, you, we always need teachers. There's so there's a shortage of teachers. I don't know where this has come from. Maybe like yeah. 20 years ago when there was a shortage of teachers. They're certainly not now. Nope. And that sort of idea is still pushed, I think, from maybe yeah. people who are not in education. And what even is the fix? Is it less university numbers? You know, you take less teachers in? Know. Or is it early retirement packages? Or is it... I mean, we think of the zero-hour contracts and the rise of that in the last, yeah. you know, however many years that's been a, that's been an issue across the country it's not just something so that people can 
stats are always going to be something that people can spin in a direction that works yeah. for them. So, you know, they might be able to sit and say, oh, however many teachers, we employed such and such teachers. You hear this stat all the time. We employed a certain percentage of teachers, but then actually what they're not telling you is their temporary contracts mm-hmm. that are going to end after the summer mm-hmm. or their six-month contracts or their two-month contracts. Yeah. or you know, And then you can't get a mortgage on it. And it's yeah. like... So it's one of those that I think it's something that in Scottish education, certainly we do need to keep talking about and need to keep pushing on to try and resolve it because you're you're missing out on well, so is, many brilliant teachers. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This is the issue. You start to lose quality out of the profession mm-hmm. and you get a resentment from people towards the profession as well, which is not good. And it's not uh, as if in schools we don't need these people. 100%. You know, like more teachers is way better. We than have having... large class sizes. Yep. We have schools that are teaching with really big class sizes yep. that could do with an extra couple of teachers to make a composite to drag the class sizes down to, to overall raise attainment. raise attainment, improve mm-hmm. the quality of education that's been delivered. Because let's be realistic, you got a class of thirty three versus a class of twenty four. Totally different. Game. Who's getting more time? Who's getting more like energy? You know. Yeah, 100%. As bad as that sounds, that's a big difference having yep. 25 kids versus having 33 kids. So, woo. <laughs> that is a huge difference. So it's not as if we don't need these people. Like We we do need these people. Yeah. But yeah, I think if you're sitting in that situation, you're listening to this, please don't take it from a point of view where we're saying, oh, it's dead easy to go out and get a job. You just need to yeah. do these things in your interview and you're going to get one. No. Absolutely not the case. And like I said, a lot of it won't boil down to your skills and abilities. A lot of it will boil down to who's in the right place at the right time. You know, certainly it's a it's a point-based scoring system. Yeah, so so think were, of it like yeah, a game yeah. sometimes. Like think of it like how can I score the You've most points? Play the game. Because the points come down to was it like a comprehensive answer? Yep. Uh a kind of didn't answer the question, answered the question, and then mm-hmm. answered the question fully. Yep. So you get like three points, two points, but one even point. even when we were, even when we were, this is not like a toot your own horn moment. We say that far too much in this podcast. I started saying it because of you. Um, <laughs> Sorry. We, like even that's how competitive it was when we were interviewing. You had to basically get full marks. Yeah. Uh, and they, even then people, some people that didn't get, that got full marks still didn't get a job. Yeah. So it was still really competitive when we, so you had to get full marks and you had to sell your personality. Mm-hmm. Like you had to sell that you were also a good teacher and probably you had to get a good reference as well in your application. So it really came down to those things um, as well. So, you know, we're not saying like, oh yeah, if you do this, this and this, it's easy to get a job. It's absolutely not. But what we're trying to say is, please don't be discouraged and think that you are a bad teacher because you didn't yeah. get a permanent contract. That is absolutely not I know some absolutely incredible teachers that haven't had permanent contract for the first five years of their teaching career. Yeah. And it's tough. Like it has been rough, hard years for them. Mm-hmm. They made it through and they got their permanent contract, thankfully. Um, but it doesn't mean that you're a bad teacher because you don't yeah. get a job. You know, and- some people interview really well and they're not good teachers. Like it can yeah. work like that as yeah, well because could, in Scotland yeah. we don't, well certainly in the council that we work in, you don't even do an, a lesson for anyone. I know like down in yeah, England Yeah, they you do. Might, they make you model a lesson you in do England. A lesson and yeah. stuff. So even down, like even up here you could just be like really good at speaking. Good at answering, And selling yeah. yourself, yeah. So it's it's a game, you've got to play the game. And it could go the other way as well. You could be a fantastic teacher but just not feel confident in interviews. Exactly. And it, yeah. it, it goes that way. Um, it goes that way sometimes but they said, yeah, don't boil it down to whether yeah. or not you're a good teacher you don't base your interview result on that because as you know right now the job market is and I wish we could sit here and say we knew how to fix the problem and know. you know we know that this is the answer to that that issue but ultimately it is quite a bit be- above our heads and quite a bit beyond us yeah. but if we can do a little bit by talking about it in yeah. this podcast then then we will. If you've been enjoying listening to Inside Voices, we would really appreciate if you took some time to leave us a review wherever you listen. It's time for Listener Voices, where we hear from you, our listeners. So this is actually a slight shout out to a friend of mine. Um, I would say our friendship is more kind of one way. I call him my best friend and he doesn't really call me it back but it's all good um, that's a bit sad thanks for sharing <laughs> we're besties Joel if you're listening um, text us just now call him your best friend yep. just come on get it over with <laughs> well he came out with a great quote we were talking about teaching to be honest he actually quite likes talking about teaching many people shut down when you talk about teaching but anyway he said that we were talking about the breadth sometimes of the curriculum 
Yeah. Um, and as a new teacher, it's really hard to like prioritize what are your priorities. And in the curriculum that we teach in, quite often it's seen that like everything's a priority. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and hit the quote he came out with, which I'm going to use, which I quite like, was he said, "There's, there's, there's a lot of heat, but not a lot of light. So hmm. like, there's just a lot of like energy on everything. Like, it's got to be ah, there's but the just depth, like heat, but there's no depth. Yeah. yeah, there's no light. There's no truth. There's no like uh, depth at times. So how do you get to that point as a first year teacher, as a new teacher? How do you get to the point where you're producing light and not just heat?" So I think that's probably one of the ones that you need to really focus on and try to, I think in your probation year, you spend a lot of your first early careers teaching, you spend a lot of time trying to hit benchmarks and say, I've covered this, I've covered that, I've covered this, I've covered that. You do. And you you think, right, I need to be done by a certain time. That's kind of what we're speaking about earlier when we're saying about responsive planning and making sure you're not just doing something because you need to get it over and done with. I think a lot of that comes from effective questioning finding out how the children feel about certain things, what they need to know. And it comes sometimes from what they'd like to know, but also you're able to kind of understand where they're at with certain topics so or certain things. I think it's easy to get depth in your kind of core subjects, your literacy, your numeracy, your health and well-being. It's quite easy to get depth in those because you do them every single day Mm -hmm. and you do them in so many different ways where I think it's hard to get the depth as those subjects like arts sciences technologies you know and you also feel like you're getting thrown all these things like okay you need to do outdoor learning we're going for this award we're doing this we're doing that we're doing this we're doing that like all these things getting thrown at you so you're like okay yeah yeah, i've got to do all of these things and then you see something on a facebook page and you're like i should be doing that too and i should be doing this and Mm -hmm. i should be doing that you know all these topics people are doing but that's a lot to fit into one and obviously it depends on how your school plans as well of course so we don't do it that we teach science or we don't do it that we do social science every block. We do social science maybe one block out of the three and yep. that helps with the depth I think a lot because it feels like it kind of carves the time in that you're not thinking, right, this term I need to do art, I need to do music, I need, need to, to do, do drama, French. I need yep. to do social science, I need to do... You're, you're not going through the whole... No. You're not rhyming off the topics. You're saying, right, this term I'm doing a and novel study. I fell into the trap of that in my yeah. first year. I'm, I thought I had to do everything every term. Yeah, and you you, you don't. No. You need to cover. And also someone said to me, you are not, the way the curriculum is designed is not to do every benchmark every year. Exactly, yeah. You don't need to, and also you don't need to do the full benchmark because they're in that for three years. Yep. So it might be, I always think of the one that's like, um, with support I can read with expression understand what is it there's three parts to fluency. it fluency expression fluency and understanding mm-hmm. so okay this term we're focusing on expression and fluency and then next term we can work on the understanding mm-hmm. like we're dripping it in there but we're not the key skill of understanding like let's go back to inferring from a picture or a video and mm-hmm. then we'll try and put that into your writing that depth comes from knowing you don't need to do it in little dribs and drabs every year or every year every term yeah kind of structure it in a way that you're really getting that and I always do like a brain dump with children. You know, you also obviously do your your ideal, your KWLs at the start of topics, but a brain dump is a great way to see what they know. Like literally just put, if we're moving on to area, I put the word area up on the board. And I'm yep. like, what do you know? What is this? Yep. And some of them will be like, it's where you would go to play, like a park, a play area, or, yeah, you know, yeah, and you yeah. really see. Yeah, we do that as well. Yeah, it's good. What misconceptions do you have? What do you know? And use that to, to guide yep. everything. Can you pull the context out? apply it in a new context and they still get it. And don't just do it for lip service. Don't just do it because you got yeah. to tick a box. Actually use the information you get yeah. as data. So if you're teaching them to use connectives, okay, they can do it in these six sentences you've given them. Can they pull it out and use connectives and writing a science report mm. and writing a letter and writing a newspaper and writing creatively? Can they use it in every context you're looking for them to use it for? Or can they just do it in isolation? Yeah. And kind of build it like a pyramid, you know, those sort of really solid foundations you know, they always say, you wouldn't build a pyramid on jelly. Like, yeah. Who, sorry, says that? You see that all the time. Think of it like a jelly. If you have a jelly base uh-huh. and then you build the rest of the pyramid, it's all going to fall down. Yeah. Okay. So you need to have your base. Never heard that one before. Oh, well, okay. there you go. Now you know. <laughs> you have to have your base is really solid understanding. Yeah. Before you can get the, okay. the rest of it. Good answer. Oof, skushed it. She's <laughs> <laughs> not beginning an interview. That would have been a good, right, a good one. Right, as we want to see if I can answer as well. Okay, as so that. I got a lot of questions about 
about short-term planning. I know you've kind of covered long-term planning, but short-term planning as a kind of last, I got it quite a few times, about how far in advance do you plan in detail? So talking about, you know, the lesson that you're delivering, the kind of part of the curriculum is covering, the activity that's going to go with it. I'm not talking about your long term. I know I'm doing fact and opinion in three oh, weeks time. How far a, in advance do I you plan? I plan a week in advance. Yeah. Uh, so some people plan like two days in advance, three days, whatever. I always try and get my plan done by Thursday for the next week, just because yeah. of the way my time, work, time out works. Yeah. And usually my Thursday, Friday plans are a little bit hairier than the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday plans because Friday kind of takes care of itself yeah. usually. And... I've not put as much thought into Thursday and Friday and I then on Tuesday and Wednesday kind of beef them up based on what I did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Like we were talking about responsive. I'm going to go back and see did they get that, did they not? And then you just pick that up as a teacher. You just like, you don't have to write everything down. You just know like, okay, yeah. they didn't get that. Like we're just going back. So I do a week, but my end of the week is a little bit yeah. fluffier than the first three days. And every school is different as well. So like our our requirements are two days in advance and it's mm -hmm. on our desk so that if someone were to come in they could pick it up and they could run with it yeah. um, but in terms of what I mean on the desk I don't mean you have every single detail of your lesson like it's not a lesson plan like a student I promise you no, you're not like writing four points. page lesson yeah. plans with all your KLT KLTPs and all your KLTP key wait wait let me try and oh, work out oh. acronym workout time key learning and teaching priorities Points. Points, yeah. okay. I didn't know what that was either when I first had a student, but Never heard you know, of here we are. You're not writing all your questions, all your timings, you're not doing all of that. Yeah. Like you don't even need to write up your learning intention. I mean, when I was in my probation year, I did prep learning intentions because I was still wrapping my head around okay. them and that was just my own personal opinion and personal preference. Our school requirement is literally activity. If you've got like a textbook, textbook page, page, what's the yeah. number? If it's not like a brief description of the activity and the kind of curricular yeah. area that that is. So I tend to write a little bit more just for me because I'm typing yeah. it so I can fit a bit more in. Yeah. I also plan, um, which is a good idea if you're, I if you're like just starting out, I always have my plan digital because, yeah. and the reason I do it is because you do the same things every week. So you've got like a box for your a guided reading yeah. or you've got a box for your numeracy slot and you can just like, okay, I'm changing, all I have to change is the, it saves you time. All I'm mm -hmm. changing is the textbook page and like the little description at the top. I'm not rewriting everything yep. out by hand. I find that works a lot Definitely. quicker. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Inside Voices. Come back next week where we're going to be talking about how to deliver a full curriculum. And remember, in here, we use our inside voices. Mm -hmm.